Hello and welcome to Classic Vinyl Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Justin. I'm here with my other host, Tyler. How are you Tyler, doing today? I am. I'm I'm doing pretty good. How's Justin? Not too bad for another day. I'm really enjoying doing these album reviews. I have been too. It's mm-hmm. actually been quite fun. Yeah. It gives us a reason to sit down and listen to an album together. Yeah, it, it's fun. We find a lot of things that we really enjoy. Sometimes things we haven't noticed before. You know, that's the funniest thing because, well, I know we've said this before, at least I have, is a lot of albums are albums I've listened to for years and years, and some of them aren't. But mm-hmm. even the ones that I've listened to for years and years, when you sit down, pen pen to paper listening to the thing, and, okay, I'm going to decipher what I really think of this, you, you take on a different outlook on it than you have in a lot of years. Yeah, it sure does. And, you know, tonight's album, I've heard, I've heard the majority of these songs. There's uh, one or two. They're new to me, but I've heard the majority of these. A lot of radio play. Well, and that that's the one thing I was going to say about this album is I wanted to do it because a certain person that wanted to remain anonymous wanted us to review this album. It'll be the second Led Zeppelin album we've done. You know, this album more than any probably has a lot of radio play songs on that I'm kind of tired of. I like the songs. Mm-hmm. I really do. I've always yeah. enjoyed the songs and listened to them a lot, but mm-hmm. I still hear them a lot. And so I don't play this album as much anymore just because I hear it so often on the radio. But of course, we're talking about Led Zeppelin 2. And we've already done Led Zeppelin 1. Yeah, so we might as well go in order, right? <laughs> so thank you very much to Anonymous, whoever you are. We really appreciate this suggestion. So anyways, let me give a little bit of, just a little bit of history about Led Zeppelin. Uh, they were a band formed in London, England in 1968. They consist of the singer Robert Plant, guitarist Jimmy Page, bass player John Paul Jones, and drummer John Bonham. You know, they're really considered innovators of heavy guitar rock, and even maybe even heavy metal, a yeah. lot of people say. Rightly it, so, yeah. You know, Led Zeppelin is a band that I've always enjoyed quite heavily. I think, if anything, they've been the one band that has endured the test of time more than a lot of other bands. And I think because of that, many classic rock stations, many hard rock stations, things like that, still play them to the point of overplay, in my opinion. So much for going over like a Led Zeppelin, huh? Yeah. yeah <laughs> now it's exactly. become a household name. They were originally named the New Yardbirds, and obviously that came with, you know, Jimmy Page being part of the Yardbirds, and the Yardbirds famously had had Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck, you know, Jimmy Page, many mm-hmm. others, and you know what we're going to talk about tonight a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Does Jimmy Page ever not rip anybody off? Well, that's... <laughs> I guess that depends on who you ask. I'm a I'm a mid-sized Led Zeppelin fan, I mm-hmm. guess you would say. I yeah. really enjoy all their music. There isn't an album of theirs I dislike. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's overplay that yeah. I feel like the oversaturation of them now. But I think true diehard Led mm-hmm. Zeppelin fans are going to disagree with that because he did add his own flavor. But sure. there has been many lawsuits mm-hmm. with Jimmy Page and other artists involved. And you can look and at that. many lawsuits he's had to pay. Exactly. And you can look at that a couple different ways because a lot of times those were all kinds of songs have similarities, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jimmy Page is, you know, borderline ripoff on some things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things he says, you know, are are straight influential and, and kind of paying yeah. homage to these people, you know? Yeah. And a lot of these lawsuits didn't come in until later years, too, after mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin had had many, many album sales. Mm-hmm. So you can look at that however you want, you know? Yeah, I, I th- I'm glad that everybody ended up getting paid. And, you know, th- these are just kind of the little fun little factoids about the band separate from the album. 
a little bit of behind the scenes stuff, but this is like, I, I, I still enjoy Led Zeppelin regardless of uh, where it came from. Yeah, so do I. So the album we're going to be reviewing tonight, Led Zeppelin 2, it actually is their first number one album and it hit number one a number of places. Led Zeppelin 4, uh, which actually contains their most popular song, Stairway to Heaven, that's actually their best selling album. Is sold over 37 million copies. I mean, probably best selling just because of that one song. Well, <laughs> there's quite a few radio play songs on that, like Rock and Roll and Black sure. Dog and, and that, but yeah. it, it's a very popular album. So, you know, Jimmy Page was the main writer of most of the music, and Robert Plant wrote most of the lyrics. I mean, that the band was credited with a lot of different things, but that was how most of their songs went. Now, Led's Up and Overall has total worldwide record sales of over 300 million albums, which is pretty strong. That's not anything to wink at. No, that, that puts them in the top tier. There's no For doubt sure. about that. They had eight consecutive number one albums in the UK, six consecutive number one albums in the US. They were inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1995. A lot of people, you know, consider Led Zeppelin the Beatles of the 70s. You know, as the Beatles ruled the 60s, Led Zeppelin ruled the 70s. It was originally, Led Zeppelin was originally going to be, <laughs> Led Zeppelin was originally going to be Jimmy Page, Jeff Beck, Keith Moon, and John Entwistle, and possibly Steve Winwood on vocals, but it didn't pan out that way. That would have been a, a very different sounding band than we have, but um, it would have been an all-star band for sure. Yeah, Jimmy Page, you know, got... Robert Plant to join the band, and Plant suggested to him John Bonham. Mm -hmm. And John Paul Jones actually inquired about bass mm -hmm. through an ad or something they'd placed, and that's how oh. they got together. And John Bonham actually died in October of 1980, oh. and John Paul Jones is the one that found him dead. So it's a thing going on there in the early 80s with dead drummers, him and Keith Moon, which mm -hmm. a lot of people compare not only the band's, but the guitar players, the singers, and the drummers, they're very similar bands, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I personally think I enjoy the Who more in, in some ways, but they also have a lot more material, so it's hard to look at. I, I'm a bigger Keith Moon fan. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So they had a few reunions in their later years, uh, all of them with Jason Bonham, John Bonham's son, on drums. You know, they've just been one of the most influential heavy rock, heavy metal, whatever you want to call them, mm -hmm. just bands, yeah. influential bands of all time. They released eight studio albums along with a code of compilation of session tracks. So they really didn't put out that much material. So you look at the amount of albums they've sold and the amount of success they've had off, off of that few of albums. I mean, that is why they are comparable to the Beatles in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. Now, um, I'm curious, are, is all of their albums – like Led Zeppelin one, Led Zeppelin two, Led no, Zeppelin, just no. through just through four, just through four. Okay, just and then four. after that, it gets yeah. name, real names. So, do you want to get the album review? Let's do it. And now it's time for the album review. So, it was their second studio album released on October twenty second of nineteen sixty nine by Atlantic Records. This album was actually recorded at several studio locations throughout England and the United States, mainly because they were on tour. They were doing a big England tour with few U.S. dates, so. Oh. It was recorded a lot of places with overdubs done other places and solos put in here and there. Done a lot of different places. See, I've always thought that when a, a band goes on tour, they're you know just kind of relaxing throughout the day and saving up for doing the show at, at night and then packing up after the show, riding overnight on a bus to the next location. and then. But it sounds like these guys 
they really were working their butts off, not only going from studio to studio recording, but then after recording, coming out on stage and doing the performance and then hitting the bus to go to the next location and do it all again. I would guess you get a lot of uh, hotel time in mm-hmm. and time to write songs and you probably get to play a little, you know, a mm-hmm. few of them out on stage and see how they work out and how yeah. they're how they're taken and stuff as well. So mm-hmm. I guess what else have you got to do but party and make music, right? Yeah, it seems like Bob Seeger wrote a song about that. Turn the page. Yeah. Yeah. So this album was produced by Jimmy Page, like all the Led Zeppelin albums. Now, this is their first album to reach number one. Like I stated earlier, it reached number one in the U.S., U.K., Australia, Canada, and a bunch of other countries. So mm-hmm. this, even though Led Zeppelin was a pretty big hit for a debut album, this one really put them prime time. This album has sold over 16 million copies worldwide, has over 12 million sales in the U.S. alone, and it's certified 12 times platinum by the RIAA. It actually had over 3 million copies sold in the U.S. by April of 1970. So in the first six months, they had three million copies sold. Extremely popular. Yeah. I it, guess, you know, people heard the first album and they couldn't wait for the second one. Yeah. I mean, this was a very, very commercially successful album. But, you know, funny enough, it wasn't received well by the critics originally. They didn't really enjoy it. They didn't mm-hmm. understand it. But, you know. Well, they were old squares. Yeah, I think that's a lot what yeah. it is. Some of the best albums in history taking well by critics, yeah. which really shows you, you know, when we give the stats on Rolling Stone this or the Hall of Fame this, it's mm-hmm. it's why most of that's actually kind of bullshit because none of them know what they're talking about. The actual public knows what they're talking about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you want to see how these guys stack up against Frank Sinatra and uh, Tony Bennett. See what the public says. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but a lot of people now consider this album one of the quintessential hard rock heavy metal albums of all time, right? It's, it's Oh, for sure. It's it's a big album. It was nominated for a Grammy Award in 1970, but it did not win. And going to that Rolling Stone thing, you know, for what it's worth, Rolling mm-hmm. Stone ranks at 73 on the top 500 of all time, which I actually think is kind of a little low for this album. Yeah, I'd put probably more in the 50-ish range, um, but definitely top 100. So they're they're at least in the ballpark, I think. But uh, you're right, a little low. Yeah, but it, that's easy to say as mm-hmm. well. I mean, I like I said, I don't hit this album very much anymore because a lot of the songs, I'm just kind of, you know, they're overplayed to me. But sure. they're still amazing songs. So the album's kind of an interesting album. It's got a Zeppelin on it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it's it's got a album design is from an old poster by David Juno. Juniper, it's got a German World War One Air Force picture. Mm-hmm. But what they've done is superimposed the band picture onto that. Yeah. It's so, kind of got a brown background. And, yeah. You can see like on the left side, you've got a couple of like the German pilots. And then you've got the faces of Jimmy Page, Robert Bland, etc. On the guys that are kind of hunched, hunkered down over on the right. Yeah. Plain Jane album cover, really. But <laughs> most of Led Zeppelin's covers... When we got like the house as a whole, he was kind of mm-hmm. neat. Physical graffiti was kind of neat. Most of them are kind of boring in a lot of ways to yeah. me. Th- this is a an album for the blind. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Should we get to side one? Yeah. Side one. Okay, so side one of the album opens up with a pretty well-known, recognizable mm-hmm. song, Whole Lot of Love. Now, this song was written and credited to the whole band. Part of the song was adapted, uh, stolen. Mm-hmm. From Willie Dixon's <laughs> You Need Love, which they actually 
settled that all in a lawsuit in the mid 80s. So <laughs> it was one of the lawsuits, one of many they've had. They released this as a single with Living Loving Made, which is also on this album as the B-side. It reached number four in the US, number one in Canada. They did not release any singles off this in the UK for some reason. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of strange for a UK band, but yeah. Now here's Maybe an- they were ashamed of it. They could be. Yeah. Here's another interesting fact about this song. <laughs> as big as Led Zeppelin is, this song hit number four in the U.S., and it was the band's only top ten single ever in the U.S. So if you want to compare them to the Beatles, yeah. that's something that's completely different. Oh, the Beatles had how many number ones and would have had <laughs> even more if yeah. some of their own songs hadn't blocked them. This band, I mean, as commercially successful as they mm-hmm. were, the radio play wasn't there as much. Yeah. And I, I think that's a lot because of the heavy blues songs and some of them mm-hmm. having longer play times. And, well, and especially in this song, there's a lot of overtly sexual uh, well, references. And yeah. And yeah. I mean, and these are heavy guitar driven songs. A lot of theirs are, you know, blues mm-hmm. to heavy rock style. And maybe it just didn't adapt to, to the radio quite as well. It does now. And mm-hmm. it adapted to uh, album sales. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Mm-hmm. The kids know what the kids want. Yeah. So the single is certified gold in the U.S. And Rolling Stone, once again, for what it's worth, ranks this as number 75 on the top 500 best songs of all time. Fair. So what are your thoughts on this song? Um, I really like this. has an excellent heavy electric guitar uh, blues style that it opens with. Beautiful song. Um, Then it goes into this percussion interlude uh, that's kind of flooded in with a wall of sound. Uh, so this is around that same time that they're that everybody's trying to just uh, hit you with a whole lot of sounds, and um, part of that sound is uh, well, let's see, that second part that is almost entirely acoustic. But then you have Robert Plant moaning and screaming throughout it, and uh, sexually, it, it's pretty sexual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean these are these are noises that um, are made. During uh, ecstasy. Yeah. Then the third part comes back in and they sing more whole lot of love and all that. Good song. Not my favorite, but I think it's just because this song is one of those that has so much radio play. I don't know. Like I, I like what they were trying to do with the wall of sound like everybody else was. So they were keeping up with what the, the style was at the time. But they didn't let it take over the song. They just kind of interjected it in the middle and sandwiched it in in the middle of this really good song. So what are your thoughts about it? You know, obviously this is the song probably more than any that I hear on the radio. I think mm-hmm. this is probably the most overplayed Led Zeppelin song or somehow I'm just lucky enough to hear it all the time. I always have liked this song, but I am kind of tired of it. It's got an amazing intro riff. It's one of the most recognizable mm-hmm. intros in rock music. Yeah, I love the slide guitar. In the middle, the sex sounds that Robert Plant shouting out, it kind of reminds me of an old girlfriend I had, and she had her sister-in-law with me, and she was just upset and thought it was disgusting. I was listening to this in the song. The relationship wasn't going anywhere, so I just mm-hmm. turned it up. Oh, her pearls were clutched. Yeah, she was pissed <laughs> off about that. So every time I hear this song, it does remind me of that and makes me grin a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I love the middle of the song when the drums kick back in. It gets back into those heavy guitar licks. The words in this are pretty pretty straightforward. You know, way down inside, I'm going to give you every inch of my love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's it's not, pretty overtly sexual. Yeah, there's, there's no... <laughs> deciphering anything mm-hmm. there it's pretty straightforward and i think it's got great bass and it of course got amazing drumming in it from john bonham mm-hmm. you know it's funny when i when i think of led zeppelin and like i stated before they're very comparable to me to the who because you've got 
Roger Daltrey and Robert Plant both sing very similar styles. I prefer Roger Daltrey over Robert Plant. I do because I can understand what Roger Daltrey is saying. Robert it's, Plant, I have a hard time deciding. Some of that's in the mix, too, because yeah. these mixes are very echoey in these. You've got Jimmy Page, you know, against Pete Townsend. Pete Townsend is a messier guitar player where Jimmy Page is more clean and precise. And I think that comes because mm-hmm. he was a session player. Yeah. You've got both crazy-ass drummers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, which I still prefer Keith Moon over John Bonham, and John Bonham's yeah. an excellent drummer. But Keith Moon, I said in the Who's Next uh, episode, Keith Moon just plays the drums, whereas a lot of other drummers just drum. Well, and John Bonham is no normal drummer. He's an amazing mm-hmm. drummer. And I think the one player, and I'm going to say this throughout, who is, I wouldn't say underrated, but underrated as far as Led Zeppelin is concerned mm-hmm. is John Paul Jones. He's For an sure. amazing bass player. Yeah. And I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. But I do still think John Entwistle is the best bass player of all time. And But John Paul Jones makes this band run as well. So mm-hmm. this is an excellent band. And, and yeah. I, I joke because I really do enjoy The Who, and I love mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin as yeah. well. I've just always enjoyed The Who a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But... I love both bands, and it's great we have both. I'm not yeah. one of those guys that's going to fight, you know, yeah. here it is, here it is. Exactly. One's better than the other, but I obviously prefer them. Mm-hmm. So the next song is What Is and What Should Never Be. Now, this one was written by Jimmy Page and Robert Plant. It's supposedly, this is kind of funny, but it was written about Robert Plant's affair with his wife's younger sister. Oh. <laughs> a few songs later, we've got another song where Robert Plant's dedicated to his wife, which I think is kind of funny, but. Someone was in the doghouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this song features John Bonham's Chinese gong for the first time, which became pretty popular in concert. Yeah. And a lot of people said this is possibly the first song featuring Jimmy Page's use of the Gibson Les Paul guitar, which he became pretty synonymous with. Yeah. And that guitar is nice. Yeah. It's got amazing sounds. I've got my own and I love it. I can't make mm-hmm. the sounds he makes with it, obviously. But what are your thoughts on this song? So this song is a little, it starts off to this soft jazz. It's a very stark contrast to the first song on the album, but then it picks up and it goes right back to that Led Zeppelin that we know and love. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I was kind of uh, leading into this thinking, oh, this is going to be a little mild, but this is something that uh, there's a, a lot of different sounds that come out. And that Les Paul guitar, there's something in the way that, Jimmy Page is playing it where this guitar sounds a bit like um, an Islander guitar, uh, kind of like a slack key tune guitar, just uh, well, more drawn out uh, sounds, more smooth, more mellow. But then it uh, has this hard, heavy electric. I, I swear he, he changes the settings on his guitar halfway through the song. And uh, you got that heavy electric guitar gritty sound again. It's beautiful. I, I got to say this, uh, this song, it does sound like someone knows what they're doing is wrong and dirty, but they just can't help themselves. <laughs> so, you know, this, uh, it might very well be about having an affair with his wife's little sister. So uh, what do you think about this song? Uh, you know, I think you hit it on the head and this is kind of the theme with Led's up on, not just through this album, but through their whole catalog is they have a good way of starting songs slow and going from slow to heavy, back to slow, back to heavy. They kick mm-hmm. it in and out quite a bit, and I really enjoy it. You know, I like the opening vocals on this. It's got some kind of effect on the vocals. It's kind of got like some reverb mm-hmm. or echoey or something on it. It's got really good visual lyrics, you know. You will be mine by taking our time. You know, it's got good little subtle guitar licks in it. 
there's a lot of echo in this song. I really, really enjoy this song. It, but the one thing I notice about this song, and it's kind of throughout the album, the stereo on it's kind of wacky, wonky, whatever you want to call it. it. There's a lot of panning back and forth. And we're listening to the original stereo version of this. I, I think you've changed it up on, I think it was the 2014 remasters. And I really haven't listened to the, sat down and listened to them, especially on headphones or anything. But it does kind of have that heavy panning that can kind of not bad when we're listening to it on, you know, vinyl like we are here. But when you throw it on headphones, there's a lot of panning that can kind of drive you nuts. But I really enjoy this song. It's it's one of my up up in the top. It's with a pretty me for song. Up and it's a good song. Yeah. It's a, uh, well, it's kind of one of those exciting, dangerous love songs. Yeah, yeah. It's, I like the way the music slows and speeds. It's, mm-hmm. it's just a good song all the way around. Absolutely. So that moves to song three, The Lemon Song. Now, this is another cover on the album. It was originally a Howling Wolf song titled Killing Floor, and they used to play mm-hmm. Killing Floor quite a bit live, and they kind of changed it around a little bit and added their little thing. So another borrow slash <laughs> stolen type of deal here. And Led Zeppelin also references in the lyrics, if you can understand any of them, I would suggest you read them because they're <laughs> yeah. really hard, probably harder in this song than any of them. For sure. But it references Traveling Riverside Blues by Robert Johnson and Albert King's Crosscut Saw. I didn't catch either of those. Well, I, I don't know the songs well enough to know. I, yeah. It's just in my research I've seen that they do. I did catch Killing Floor. He, he yeah, he does say Killing Floor in there yeah. a few times. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on this one? Once again, I cannot understand most of Robert Plant's words. I, you know, he just, I don't know if it's the style of he's singing, the mix or what, but it, um, I'll tell you, he sounds like a wailing banshee that got her toe slammed in the door with his, with vibrato screams throughout this song. I mean, he's really wailing away in this song, but it's that really vibrating high-pitched scream. But other than that, amazing guitar work, very competent on the percussion side. Uh, so, you know, we're seeing some really good things come out in this song. I did understand Robert Plant uh, asking her to squeeze his lemon until the juice runs down his leg. I yeah. got that. Yeah, that's pretty pretty yeah. overt, wasn't it? Yeah, this band is just really <laughs> It's really hard to justify to that older square generation. They will not understand. <laughs> they will not approve. But kids like having sex. Uh, that's, you know, what happens. We all enjoy it. That's <laughs> how our species continues to propagate. I think this is, you know, that being said, great song. It's Led Zeppelin. I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, how did you feel about this song? Well, so this is the longest song on the album, about six and a half minutes long. It's got a decent, recognizable intro, which I don't mind. It's got good, heavy drumming throughout, which I like. The bass line is really good throughout this like i stated this is the one song robert plant's vocals can wear on you and they are hard to understand mm-hmm. this one for me on leads up into this album is the hardest for me to understand his lyric and i can't listen to too many zeppelin albums in a row because his vocals do get a little harsh for me yeah in fact you, you can almost get that tone deaf to him yeah and yeah. it's kind of weird for me to say because i really enjoy him mm-hmm. too so it but it's it's like i can only take so much of it after a while you know but it's got a decent guitar solo in it i don't really like the ending of the song it's kind of weird the way mm-hmm. it plays out but it's an okay song definitely not my favorite on the album so that moves us into the next song thank you this song was written by Jimmy Page and Robert Plant. The lyrics were written by Robert Plant, and they were dedicated to his wife, which I think is funny. <laughs> so I don't know what happened with 
what is and what should never be when mm-hmm. he was sleeping with his wife's younger sister. But and then two songs later, oh, thank you for being cool about me banging your little sister. So I'm, yeah, I, I'm guessing that they made up and he's telling her thank yeah. you. I'm not quite sure, but uh, you know, John Paul Jones plays the keyboard on this song, which I think is the prominent piece of this song, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, for sure. Many bands have covered this song. It's a pretty song. Bands like Duran Duran, The Flaming Lips, Great White, Tesla, a ton of other bands have covered it. What are your thoughts on this one? So it's got this really smooth guitar opening that's really nice, real sweet, uh, real mellow. And then it uh, kicks into Led Zeppelin. And uh, it's a great song. I I felt like this was a great song to close outside one, especially since the end of the song, you get that keyboard outro. And it's just as smooth, just as sweet, just as nice as that uh, guitar intro. I really enjoyed this song. And I... (laughs) it's a good love song. It is. It's a dedication to someone who's stood by you and they've always been there for you. And you're telling them that you hope they'll always be there in the future too. Even after you slept with their little sister. Yeah. I mean, thanks for being cool about it, lady. (laughs) That's the sixties. Yeah, for sure. What do you think about this song? This this is one of my favorite Led Zeppelin songs as well. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy this song. I don't find that this one is overplayed that much. I hear it every once in a while, but I really like, like you said, I enjoy the intro. It's a really soft intro, and then it it does that Led Zeppelin thing where the bass and drums kick in heavy, and then it slows back down, and you got the keyboard. I think the keyboard is amazing in this song, and I think John Paul Jones does an excellent job of that. The lyrics are very visual, you know, little drops of rain, whisper of the pain tears of loves lost in the days gone by i think the lyrics are pretty in this i think robert plant done an amazing job this was his apology apparently or something but (laughs) you know the drumming in it's great i think this is a really pretty song and it's kind of one of the first power ballads Mm because it does go that slow to heavy i once again i thought that the keyboard was perfect in this and like you said the keyboard to end the song it's kind of a drawn out outro i thought that was perfect to end so end the song and end side two i it's mm-hmm. a really good song i enjoyed it yeah beautiful so want to get to side two let's do it side two okay so side two opens up with another pretty recognizable song heartbreaker now this song was written and attributed to the whole band it's got pretty straightforward lyrics. I mean, you can kind of tell what it's about. Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. for what it's worth, ranked this 320 on the top 500 songs of all time. This is a song Led Zeppelin themselves used quite often to open their shows. It's been covered by a ton of bands, Nirvana being one of the more popular ones that covered it. And this song does kind of kick right back into the next song, Living Loving Made. It goes right into it. There really isn't any space in that. What are your thoughts on Heartbreaker? I gotta say, this is... Uh, the heartbreaker is one girl and the living loving maid is a different girl. So that's, I mean, they're not the same song by any means, even though they're not the same, they're not the same song about the same girl. <laughs> they're both, it, it, they match. They've, I like that transition. Yeah. I mean, even when you hear this on the radio, they generally play these two songs together. And I mean, they fit, they fit together nicely. It's got a very recognizable, heavy guitar riff intro. And, uh, you know, this is. This is why we love Led Zeppelin. You, it, they rock and roll, and they really rock out hard. Um, the lyrics are pretty straightforward. Why do you call me another guy's name while I try to make love to you? Ow, that's a, yeah. she is a heartbreaker. That's a, <laughs> yeah, that's going to throw off your, your mojo. I wonder if that was his wife's little sister. Maybe. But, you know, this is 
this is classic Led Zeppelin. This is what you're going to hear on the oldies stations right now. It's beautiful. What do you think about this one? Led Zeppelin has a ton of recognizable intros, mm-hmm. and this is one of the ones in the top. It's a good, heavy, guitar-driven intro. I really like it. It's another song that's got a great bass line on it that shows me John Paul Jones was probably the most underrated player in the band. I really like the guitar solo in the middle. It's kind of the tale of two slash three songs. I mean, Heartbreaker itself, once it gets that middle section with the guitar, it kicks into kind of a different section of the song. And then the third part of the song really is Living, Loving, Made. I like the second half of the song even better, but I really like the guitar intro. It's it's a good song. It is another one that we do suffer a little bit of overplay with, at least from what stations i listen to i hear it a little more than i want to you know and that that's what's kind of funny is the songs i like the most it's almost you know when a song that you love comes on and you crank it up that's great when a song you love that comes on all the time you almost don't want to hear them to mm-hmm. savor it for when you do you exactly know? Yeah. It, and i think people understand that to a certain extent i mean if your favorite uh if your favorite thing to eat is roast beef and mashed potatoes and you have roast beef and mashed potatoes every night for dinner then pretty soon it's not so special and so favorite anymore but, yeah and that, that's yeah. the funny thing is there's a, a handful of led zeppelin songs probably 10 songs that you hear constantly on the radio mm-hmm. and not a one of them do i dislike i just but i probably turn from them more often than not nowadays yeah. and i i prefer their more obscure songs for sure so that this song kicks right back into the next song, Living Loving Maid, She's Just a Woman. It's mm-hmm. a song written by Jimmy Page and Robert Plant. Now, this was released as the B-side to Whole Lot of Love. It actually, The B-side actually reached number 65 in the U.S. Basically, the song was written about a groupie that stalked the band earlier in the band's career. Huh. You know, And Jimmy Page has stated that he dislikes this song. It's his least favorite Led Zeppelin song, and the band has never played this song live. So you better lay your money down. You better lay your money down. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this song, Tyler? I dislike that the only line I can understand in this song is you better lay your money down. <laughs> but other than that, this song is a really good song with excellent elements. It's got, you know, everything that we love about Led Zeppelin. This is, you know, a band that plays really well together. They've got excellent sound. They've got a very recognizable sound, and it's in this song. It's a, it's really good. I mean, it comes straight out of Heartbreaker about a, a, a song about a different kind of woman who's chasing the band around, and I guess uh, they're just trying to give her money to get rid of her. I, I, don't, I have no idea what the lyrics say because, once again, Robert Plant, I can't understand you. How about you? <laughs> well, so this is the shortest song on the album, just barely over two and a half minutes. It's a good speedy blues number, and you're right. I can't understand Robert Plant in this, but because the song's so fast mm-hmm. and upbeat, it kind of fits in. You know, there's a couple of lyrics that I like. When your conscience hits, you knock it back with pills. I have to read the lyrics, and I'd listened to it for years and didn't even know that part was in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's got good lyrics and, and good imagery in them. You can't understand them. You I wonder can't if hear was, them. I wonder if Robert Plant did this intentionally to make you – have to listen to the songs over and over again to try and understand. I don't know because a lot of these I've listened to hundreds and hundreds of times and I still don't know what they say. I think it's just his vocal style, you know? Yeah. I think it's a really good speedy blues rock number. The bass and drums really shine in this song. And I I do love the lyrics in it that you can understand, you know, because you hear it at the end of each course. 
so you better lay your money down like yeah. you stated. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? That's probably the only part you can understand. <laughs> yeah. But I do like Living, how it, loving. So you better lay your money down. Yeah, so I, I, I do like I do like the vocals, or I should say I don't dislike not understanding his vocals in much mm-hmm. as, as much in this one because it's speedy and fast and sure. so I enjoy it. Yeah. I have we tried playing this song backwards to see if he's speaking backwards? I haven't tried yet, but maybe we should. Maybe Paul is dead. It's something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that moves us on to the next one. Ramble on. This is another song written by Jimmy Page and Robert Plant. And Robert Plant has some inspiration in this from J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings and the Adventure of Frodo Baggins. Right. Mm-hmm. But years later, you know, they had talked to Robert about this and he admitted he was embarrassed by the references he made in this song. I don't know why, because you can't mm-hmm. understand them. Mm-hmm. And until I knew that and went yeah. looking that he's singing about Mordor, Mordor. and all those different things, yeah, Gollum, you know, and yeah, <laughs> I, I never even knew. I know who they are, but I, I don't hear those lyrics. Mm-hmm. So this is another song that Led Zeppelin actually never played live while they were together, but during their reunion concert at the O2 Arena in London in 2007, they did play it. Wow. It was the first time. Rolling Stone ranks this 440 on the top 500 songs of all time, but for some reason, Rolling Stone lists this is the number five greatest Led Zeppelin song, huh. So, which is really strange. It's almost a contradiction in itself, yeah. but... What are your thoughts on Ramble On? I'll tell you, my thoughts on this song are a lot better than my thoughts on the Rolling Stone with their uh, ranking system. Yeah, I'm a little confused why I give that little tidbit because I I scoff at it every Mm -hmm. time because Rolling Stone and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, like I've said many a times, and I don't feel bad about saying it, and I'm going to continue to say it. They're Mm -hmm. both a joke. Yeah. So that being said, um, you know what? This uh, is, for some reason, this song is very reminiscent in my head of Stairway to Heaven. I, I don't know why there's that connection between the two. Maybe it has to do with the references to Mordor and Frodo. And I, I have no idea why, but for some reason, like when I heard this song, I, I, I was thinking Stairway to Heaven. And it doesn't sound like Stairway to Heaven at all. This is a good, steady beat. This is a, a good traveling song. This guy, this is a song about people that are going somewhere, that are on a journey, they're, you know, just out to take a ride and see what the world has to offer them. I really enjoyed this song. This song actually turned out to be one of my favorites. That's enough of my opinion. What's your opinion on this one? This is a song I've always enjoyed, but it mm-hmm. is another one that suffers serious overplay. And mm-hmm. I, I know that kind of seems to be a continual theme with me on this album anyways, but Led Zeppelin 2 and maybe Led Zeppelin 4 more than anything get overplayed. You know, this has got another great recognizable intro. I mean, an amazing intro on this. It's kind of a slow to faster and it gets really heavy when it gets into the chorus, which I like. You know, and then it goes back to slow, back to heavy again, kind of like the whole theme on this. I really like the bass in this song more than almost any song on this album. And it is what made me really write down once again that John Paul Jones is underrated as far as Led Zeppelin's concerned. Mm-hmm. And people may disagree with me on that, but you know, you always hear about Jimmy Page and Robert Plant and John Bonham, but John Paul Jones is kind of the one member that's left mm-hmm. out in at least what I hear yeah. and read, you know, he's got a fun name. Yeah. And so as far as this song, I've always loved it. It's just overplayed a little bit. If there was something I didn't like about the song, I don't like the fade out on it. 
could have been done different, but it is what it you, is. You aren't I guess. a big fan of fade outs anymore. Not generally, unless yeah. it's done a certain way. But so that moves us on to Moby Dick. This is an instrumental, basically mostly a drum soloed song, but you know, there's bass and guitar in it. It was written by the whole band. It was basically conceived from multiple studio drum solos that Bonham had laid down. And they were all basically just stitched together and edited down to, you know, and some other and guitar parts and bass parts edited over them. So what are your thoughts on this one? Oh, yeah. Th- this is where they bring John Bonham out and uh, put him front and center. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this is where he gets to shine. I love the name for this as, as it being an instrumental song. And I have no idea why I love the name. <laughs> But it's uh, not too big on instrumentals, but even so, I had a good time just listening to it. And um, I really like the the way that the other, the guitars, the the bass comes in and they all play together. I think that uh, I enjoyed those parts the most because I got lost a little bit in some of the, um, I, I got lost in some of the drum solos. So I, I really like this song with the band playing together. But the drum solos really lose me. It just gets so repetitive, mostly because this is the difference between John Bonham and Keith Moon. John Bonham's drumming, Keith Moon would play the drums. And this just was drumming. There was a pretty cool part where it sounded like he was dropping a ball and then dribbling it. It was a nice instrumental, but it just wasn't for me. Uh, What did you think about it? Well, you kind of stole my line because my first thing was going to be, this is no Keith Moon course it's great drumming without mm-hmm. a doubt john bonham is one of the greats yeah. there's no doubt about it i like the bass on this i like the guitar it's got good decent licks right in the middle it kind of sounds like bonham's a street performer playing buckets and hubcaps or something <laughs> in the middle of the street you know I, and i did want to give him change yeah that's that's <laughs> kind of what it what it was but for me it's kind of a you know, to me, this is probably my least favorite on the album, and we'll get into that when we yeah. get to it, but there's just not much to it. it. It is what it is, and I'm sure it's some people's favorites, and if it is, I apologize for that. But this song actually kicks right into the last song, Bring It On Home. Now, this is another song written by Willie Dixon and originally recorded by Sonny Boy Williamson, and this is another song that led up and had to settle a lawsuit over... <laughs> borrowing slash stealing some mm-hmm. things from in the 80s and he was giving homage that's what jimmy page says is the intro and outro were deliberate homages to the original song now i don't know what the difference between paying homage and stealing it is mm-hmm. you know i, I it, guess you can't use the original song when you're playing it, when you're paying homage <laughs> I, I i think what the difference is is they're not worried about suing you for it until you've sold it million copies and yeah. then it becomes a deal because yeah. it's a money grab what were your thoughts on bring it on home so this one has got this uh harmonica blues opening that and it it uh, keeps that harmonica running throughout it's an interesting song because it, it gives me the the sense that uh allegedly you have this train riding hobo but he keeps sing, uh, singing about he's going home and wanting to bring it on home, that he's got a significant other there. So you have this uh, train riding hobo that has a home and a significant other there that's okay with him taking off for whoever knows how long on a train. So I, this is odd to me, <laughs> what this song's about. But hey, you know, whoever, uh, I guess Sonny Boy Williamson or uh, Willie Dixon, uh, who wrote it? Good on you. I have no idea what your reference is there. <laughs> but, okay. Other than that, 
it, it this is very much a song that is an old bluesy style and uh that being and with it being that old bluesy style it's a real nice song to listen to real sweet beat and uh you know just a lot of let's see with the intro of this song he's almost like groaning the lyrics and i can't understand of course what he's saying after it gets going it's a fun ride, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I can see why there was lawsuits. <laughs> so uh, where does this song strike you? You know, I didn't mind the harmonica in it. It's the only song on the album that features harmonica, which kind of harkens back to a true blues song, where the other ones are kind of zeplified, if you will. Guitar licks on this are pretty heavy, but it, it's more mm-hmm. of a standard blues song than anything else on the album. I do like when the guitar kicks in and the song actually really gets going, but it's got classic blues lyrics. I mean, this sounds more bluesy than anything, Uh, but I do like the guitar riffing and the bass throughout, and it's just ripped off Jimmy Page song. I say that in jest because if Jimmy Page and Led Zeppelin stealing songs to make them this way, you'd never even know the Willie Dixon song. You know what I mean? Led Zeppelin did something different. They brought everything to the masses, right? And they added their own thing to it. And, you know, all kidding aside, who doesn't have inspiration from other people and rip things off and change it up, right? Exactly. I bet if you look into any of the most popular bands of history, it's happened, you know, Mm -hmm. especially when they become super commercially successful, then everybody's up for the money grab. So do you want to get to winners and losers? Yeah, let's do it. Winners and losers. Okay, Tyler, on Led Zeppelin 2, you're going to go first like always. Why don't you tell me your two or three least favorite songs on the album? I'm going with two and two on this for uh, least favorites and favorites. One of my least favorites is Living Loving Maid, She's Just a Woman. That song, just, I want to understand the lyrics. <laughs> and, well, uh, you're in the wrong place for that. I am. I'm listening to the wrong band if I want to understand the lyrics. Uh, then my second least favorite is Moby Dick. And I'm sorry, it's just when I got a little lost there listening to uh, drums being wrapped on over and over and over again, it, it lost me. That being said, they're good songs. It's good music. And uh, so where, what are you two least favorites there, Justin? Well, I'm going to give you three least favorites in no particular order. Okay. And I'm going to say the Lemon song. I, mm-hmm. I don't like that that well. Bring It On Home and Moby Dick. Those three songs, they're good songs, but they just don't do it for me. They they don't have enough of Led Zeppelin in them is yeah. what I need. And Bring It On Home, uh, it's not a great song to end the album with. It's uh, it, it doesn't really fit as a Zeppelin that song. The, the guitar riff does, but, mm-hmm. you know, here, here's the thing is I've listened to Led Zeppelin too. I've listened to this album through and through so many times it's ridiculous. And I don't skip songs. I like mm-hmm. all the songs on this yeah. album. So to say... These are my least favorites. They're my least favorites on the album, but I like the songs. Yeah. There's no there's no song on here that I just can't listen to. In fact, some of my favorites on this album are the ones I have the hardest time listening to because they're overplayed. For sure. So what are your favorite songs on this album? Okay, so uh, my two favorites on this album, Thank You. I thought that was a really um, nice love song. Like you said, it was a kind of power ballad, really, really good song there. And I like the the message of it then my other favorite ramble on actually it was a good uh it was a good song I, I i like driving music and this is a song that you can drive to you know if you're on a road trip ramble on should be on your playlist and what are your favorites so my favorite songs are going to be in order 
unlike my least favorite songs. Uh, my favorite song on this album is What Is and What Should Never Be. And my second favorite song is Thank You. And I, I like I like how those play off of each other because I like to think of Robert Plant's affair with his wife's younger sister and then the apology. And I mm-hmm. think it wrote beautiful music. Both of them are great songs. Two songs apart, too. <laughs> and then my third favorite song is a tie between Heartbreaker and Ramble On. I love mm-hmm. both of those songs. I'm just kind of tired of hearing them. I know, once again, that's really funny to say, but I love those songs. I really do. Yeah. And I probably do change the station on them every mm-hmm. once in a while just yeah. because... You want to keep it special. The overplayed yeah. nature of it. Yeah, I like sitting mm-hmm. down with the album every once in a while, so... But good songs, just a good album throughout. You want to get to the album rating? Yeah, and that's going to tie into my rating, too. Album rating. Okay, Ty, so Led Zeppelin 2. Yep, Led Zeppelin 2. Our rating system, if this is your first uh, time listening to us, uh, thank you for giving us a listen, by the way. And um, so our rating system goes from 0 to 10, and uh, 0 being the worst. If it's a 0, then we have to not listen to it anymore. Right, you usually again. say we're going to burn the album, the but, album, but it is my album. So. Your album. I'm not going to burn your album. I have to. I have to go out and buy the album and then burn it. Yeah. That, oh crap. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it gets a little because if it's a ten, then I have to buy the album. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but uh, and number five would be smack dab in the middle. And so with that being our structure for our rating system, I'm giving this one a six, and I'm giving this one a six because. Led Zeppelin is exactly what fits on the radio. These guys are an excellent radio band, and it shows. They get a lot of play because they play really well. Each of these guys is a very talented musician, and I'm, I applaud their, uh, their catalog so far that I've been listening to. And, you know, once again, this is a, an album that I've heard all but, I think, two of the songs on it because they're so popular. So that's where I'm at. I'm on a six with this one. Where are you at? So Led Zeppelin two for me is pretty important because especially when I was younger, I listened to it a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot. And I think is it was probably Led Zeppelin two and four were probably my two favorite albums for the longest time. But I found myself gravitating towards Led Zeppelin one more than anything now. Oh. Um, I would rate this album because... As far as I'm concerned, it's a solid eight. And this one's a really tough one for me because there's three or four songs on here that I absolutely love and I consider them classics. And they're obviously played to this day on every radio station you can find. And that is, to me, the detriment to it in in a certain amount, Mm -hmm. you know, when, when you really enjoy music. And so... I think in a lot of cases, I would probably rate it higher, but, you know, maybe just that little bit of too much overplay when it comes to Led Zeppelin. You know, and I find myself kind of probably being contradictory on that because I go to bands like Grand Funk Railroad and 10 years after and, and some of those bands that just don't get the radio play that they deserve. But I kind of enjoy it, too, because then when you sit down with an album, you you haven't heard these songs in a long time, you know. And so Mm -hmm. it's kind of that thing I play off of each other, you know. But it's the whole hidden gem thing, right? I mean, there's something that's um, alluring and magical about the gem that's still hidden. Yeah, but with that being said, even the songs on this that get serious overplay on the radio, when we sat down today with Mm -hmm. the purpose of 
reviewing them. They're still jams. They're, yeah, yeah, they're awesome songs. I'm rocking mm-hmm. out to them. I'm not skipping them. I, I yeah. love them. You know yeah. what I mean? This is a great album. It's a solid eight for me. I still <laughs> probably rate Led Zeppelin one a little higher above just because yeah. of its rawness. It's got just as many ripped off songs on it too. So as far as hidden gems go, this is not a hidden gem. This is the Hope Diamond. Yeah, it kind of is. It's on display. Everybody can come see it. Yeah, and everybody I, has seen it. I mean, without a doubt... If we were saying, do you need to listen to this album or put this in your catalog of albums? It's a 10 out of a 10. Oh, absolutely. Do that, I do. You know, mm-hmm. this is a must have album mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. I so. just feel like I don't need to buy this album because I can just turn on the radio. There you go. So that's Led Zeppelin's second studio album, Led Zeppelin 2. And once again, we really appreciate you guys listening to us. We know there's a lot of mm-hmm. podcasts out there, especially a lot of music podcasts. So. Yeah. The fact that you've landed on ours and give us a chance and listen to us and email us in with your suggestions, we really appreciate it. Feel free to send us an email, give us your suggestions, give us your comments, what you think we've said that's wrong, right, whatever you want to say. Send them to classicvinylpodcast at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter. So we look forward to hearing from you and we appreciate it. And until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you so much for listening to Classic Vinyl Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Classic Vinyl Podcast for updates and also share us with your music-loving friends.